Hello, this is Pastor Kong Hee. I want to thank you for joining us on our podcast. I pray that you'll be blessed in Christ, encouraged by the Word, and experience an encounter with God. Remember, knowing God and being known by Him is the greatest pursuit of life. Enjoy the message. Almost half a year ago, I did a post on how to properly study the Bible. I gave eight simple steps to guide you in that. Really, this field of study is known as biblical hermeneutics, the study of the principles and methods of interpreting and applying scripture. For those who want to understand or teach the Bible well, we need to learn how to be skillful in hermeneutics. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 15 says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So the website got questions. What is biblical hermeneutics? Gives us three basic laws in interpreting a Bible text. Now, the first law or the most important law of hermeneutics is this. As much as possible, the Bible should be interpreted literally. Every verse should be understood plainly in a normal, common sense way. When Jesus fed the 5,000, we should understand it as 5,000 real people being fed by real bread and real fish. When scripture says Jesus was born of a virgin, he was born of a virgin. When he walked on water, he really walked on water. Any attempt to spiritualize the number or denying a literal miracle is to do injustice to the text. When plain reading makes common sense, we should seek no other sense. The Bible says what it means, and it means what it says. Now, what about allegorizing the text? Allegorical teaching may add color to a text, and it makes it more interesting to look at. However, it mustn't obscure or replace the plain meaning of what the text is trying to convey. For example, in the parable of the Good Samaritan, a man left Jerusalem for Jericho. He got wounded by robbers who left him half dead. A priest and a Levite passed by and did nothing. Then a Samaritan came, took pity on him, bandaged his wounds, and used his own donkey and took him to an inn. He then promised the innkeeper that he would come back for him. Now, simply through a straightforward literal reading of this text, we should be able to get the clear message that Jesus is conveying. Be kind to one another. Don't let race be an obstacle. Meet the needs of the broken and wounded. Straightforward, common sense, right? You don't have to be a scholar, a theologian to understand it, correct? Now, if you seek to allegorize this parable, you might say, oh, the man who got robbed is Adam. He left Jerusalem, which is the paradise of God. For Jericho, he speaks of the world. He then got wounded, which means he fell into sin. The priest is the law. The Levites are the prophets. They both couldn't save him. The Good Samaritan is Jesus Christ. The donkey is Jesus' own body, which bore the burdens of sinners. The inn is the church. The Good Samaritan's promise to return is a promise of the second coming of Christ. Wow, that's great. A very clever way to look at a very simple parable. But you can allegorize it so much that you miss the basic message altogether. And that is, love your neighbor. Can you see what I'm saying? 
The danger of too much allegorical interpretation is that it allows the teacher to assign whatever meaning he or she likes to it according to his or her own bias or imagination. So the number one law of biblical hermeneutics is this. As much as possible, the Bible should be read and interpreted literally. Now, the second law of hermeneutics is that passages must be interpreted historically, grammatically, and contextually. A. Reading a passage historically means we must understand the culture, the background, and situation that prompted the text. For example, in order to fully understand the tussle between Jacob and Esau over the birthright in Genesis 25, we must research on the importance of the birthright to an Israelite family. Then B, we must look at the grammar that's being used and recognize the nuances of the Hebrew and Greek. For example, when Paul writes of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ in Titus 2 verse 13, the rules of grammar here must apply. And here it means that Jesus is both God and Savior, thus confirming His divinity. See, interpreting a passage in this context means we must study the verses of chapters before and after that passage to determine its meaning. Now, the third law of hermeneutics is that Scripture is always the best interpreter of Scripture. For this reason, we always compare Scripture with Scripture. For example, when some accuse Jesus of breaking the Sabbath by healing the sick, we know He didn't break the Sabbath. How? Because in the Old Testament, there are many verses that define the Sabbath as a day of holy rest from worldly employments and pleasure. Sabbath was not about refraining from doing good or doing the works of ministry like healing. Because the Bible is inerrant and infallible, no scripture will contradict and do violence to the overall counsel of God's word. So law number one, interpret the text literally. Law number two, interpret the text historically, grammatically, contextually. Law number three, interpret the text in the light of other scriptural texts. Some Christians avoid good hermeneutics because they mistakenly believe it will prevent them from receiving fresh illumination or prophetic insight from the Holy Spirit. Now, this cannot be so because the source of every revelation, illumination, and prophecy is the same Spirit of God and He's not the author of confusion. The purpose of hermeneutics is to protect us from misapplying or distorting Scripture. Because God is truth and His Word is truth, we want to know the truth and live in the truth to the best that we can. This is why biblical hermeneutics is vital.